is now time for another episode of the Marriage Podcast. Yeah, we're going to talk about some more sex. Mm-hmm. Welcome to the Marriage Podcast Network, helping you find and keep passion and fun in your marriage. Broadcasting from Tuscola, Texas, here are your hosts, Trey and Corey Gibson. Well, hello and welcome to this episode of the Marriage Podcast. That's right, this is the show where we help you find and keep passion and fun in your marriage. Today, today is March the 29th, 2013. It is Friday, Friday, Friday. We have made it to the end of another wonderful week. Today, we're going to talk a little bit about... Well, it's good Friday, too. So it's, oh, yeah. It's, it's a good... So this is not just a Friday, but it's a good one. I'm just saying. <laughs> Boom, baby. Well, today we're going to talk a little bit about part two. <laughs> we got a long list of questions yeah. from, a, from a listener. And it's really, it's a set of questions that we get a lot of times. We get them very often and, uh, and almost in the exact same way that these were asked. And so last week, we, last week we took on the endeavor of thinking that we were going to cover about half the questions last week and then we'd cover the second half today. And guess what happened? It's more like we covered two. Yeah. No, so literally, two. literally we got through two. <laughs> However, with a disclaimer here, we want to make sure that we're very clear in saying that. That was very strategic. Corey and I sat down before we started recording uh, last week, and we said, listen, you know, let's do it this way. Either we get through them all, or we get through them half, or maybe we just cover one of them. But th- this is something that is so vital that I think because we have such a taboo around it, especially in a lot of times in Christian cultures, a lot of the listeners out there are uh, are Christian, and, and many of them aren't, we don't often get talked to enough about sex. It's, it's you know, we expect that sex ed is good enough, and, and then when we do get talked to about it, it's with this stupid analogy of birds and freaking bees that don't actually have sex anyway, and, and it's, you know, it's ridiculous. And so... We grew up with these, with these complete lack of understanding, you know, and maybe the only thing we really heard was a little bit of sex ed, but then also, you know, Johnny Goofball at the, at school who gives us what he thinks, he he knows is what sex is, yeah. And he doesn't have any clue either. And so we grow up into our adulthood, you know, having learned, have been, we've been raised by TV and what it says sex is. And let me tell you, there is a, if you want to talk about the almost complete antithesis to what good, healthy sex looks like, just watch TV and it'll give you plenty. Of good, of, of good examples of what that looks like. And so we wanted to spend that time to really paint out what a healthy sex life can look like. Cause I'm telling you, it can be awesome. It can be awesome for you men. It can be awesome for you women. And, and you men out there think, oh, man, it feels good every time. I'm telling you guys, it just because it feels good. I'm telling you, you have experienced nothing yet. I'm telling you guys. Anyway. There's more to that to come. Before we get into that, guys, let's cover our housekeeping today. If you guys want to get notified of any new episodes, make sure that you never miss out on an episode. Go over to themarriagepodcast.com. Over in the right-hand bar, enter your name and your email address. You will keep updated on what we talked about today. So that way, when you wake up in the morning, bright and early, you'll open up your email account. Notice that there is an email in there inviting you to come listen to our show for the day. Don't forget, guys, there's multiple ways to listen to this show. You can always listen to it on the themarriagepodcast.com. You can also find us in iTunes. That's right. We have an iTunes store inside there. You can check us out. Listen to us there. Also, guys, I highly recommend Stitcher. It's what I listen to everything like this on. Stitcher, you, you put in the shows that are out there that have been submitted to, to, to Stitcher like ours, and then every time we put out a new episode, it'll send a little notification saying, hey, there's a new episode out. Boom, you play it. It's already on your show. The next one comes out. You lose that last one. Your new one pops up so you don't take up a whole bunch of memory on your iPhone or your Android device. Go check it out, stitcher.com. Download it. Put it on there. I'm telling you guys, it will blow your socks 
off guys also don't forget to go like us on facebook we have a lot of fun talks over there we're really starting to kind of start build up the listenership and start to get talking a little bit about it and uh, we have some fun we have some fun discussions over there so come check us out over there we like to talk about sex and family and and then just kind of the fun stuff like which way does the toilet paper roll go on the roll just saying it's an important question we talk about it there very important <laughs> and then last guys if you have any questions comments topics encouragement that you want to um Send over our way. We've made multiple ways that you guys can do that. You can always email us at Trey at the Marriage Podcast or Corey at the Marriage Podcast. And we love to take your questions. We're taking every one of them at this point just because we can. Guys, you can also send us an internet voicemail over the right hand side. It says Ask Corey and Trey a question. You click on that little bad boy. As long as you have a microphone connected to your computer, you can leave a voicemail just like you would over a phone right off the old computers. You can leave your question. We'll feature it on air and answer your question. You might get an entire podcast completely dedicated to your question. So you'll get it nice and succinctly covered. Check it out. Do that. And then, guys, you can always contact us through the contact us page over there or over on Facebook. We love to check. We check that all the time. Corey and I are huge Facebook junkies, and there's no way to put it other than that. So you want almost a surefire way that you're going to hear back from us. Yeah. You can do any of those things, Facebook included. All right, Corey. Anything we need to talk about before we wrap it up? No. No, I think we're good. All right. Well, let's get into our topic for today. All right. So how far? How long did we get? Corey? Well, I figured we go ahead and read the letter again. Yeah, yeah. Let's let's, let's hit it real we'll, quick, and then we'll hit it. Uh, this is a letter from a listener. My husband's sex drive is what I would call high, and I'm sure he would call mine low. We couldn't be more opposite in this area. It seems my drive became even lower after having our two children. My husband gets grumpy, pouty, and gives small guilt trips anytime I turn down making love due to tiredness or sickness. He also says things like, how would you feel if I didn't talk to you every day? His reaction makes me not want to make love even more. Can making love for a husband be compared to the importance of what talking is to a wife? If so, how come I don't desire to make love as much as he does? Why did God have to make us so different? I hear that a wife needs to feel intimate before desiring to make love and that a husband needs to make love before feeling intimate. Is this true? It seems true with us, which makes things hard. But maybe it's due to a wrong way of thinking that has snuck its way into our minds. <laughs> Do men think the only way of building intimacy is through sex? Because I don't think that's true. But it seems like that's what he thinks. How can a man learn other ways of building intimacy with his wife so that the lovemaking has a better chance of blossoming? I've asked two pastor's wives that I used to be in communication with about this, and they said they've got a place where they never got to a place where they never refused their husbands. Never. Even if they were dead tired or had just given birth or were sick. Even when it caused tears or pain or resentment or bitterness. They had the fake it till you make it motto. Mm, ouch. Is this right? Is this also the right heart in which to obey God with? I have tried this approach and I don't like it because I feel resentment and it only builds. I either wait until I feel ready, in the meantime ever so gently and politely refusing my husband, who in turns get grumpy with me, or I fake it till I make it, not refusing him, but then deal with him asking why I wasn't into it and trying to hide or suppress my resentment. What is wrong here? How can I submit in this area of my life and still maintain joy? How can I find the joy I once had in making love with my husband? Don't get me wrong, I'm attracted to the man. He is, and we do still have a nice love life, and I enjoy it, just not as often as he would like. How do we find compromise? <laughs> man, I love this question. These questions yeah. are so good. So we're going to pick it up here. We think where we left off. We went and backtracked our last <laughs> show, and we were just like, you know what? Just 
poo on it. We're gonna we're gonna start where we want to start. Dadgummit. I think we're leaving off on the last question we hit. The last question that that we think that was left out on was was I hear a wife needs to feel intimate before desiring to make love, and that a husband needs to make love before feeling intimate. Is this true? Um. Yeah, go for it, On the first half of this, I- I'm going to say that d- does the wife need to feel intimate before desiring to make love? Absolutely. Uh, I-, I think that, that, is, that is tantamount. Um, I'm going to go as far on a stretch here to say, Corey, correct me if I'm wrong on that, incidentally. I'll take that as a no. No, You're not no, saying anything. Okay. Gosh, no. So on the flip side of that, I'm going to say so to men. Um, we typically don't emphasize that. We kind of push this, you know, the other parts of it. But I absolutely think we desire to feel intimate uh, in those kinds of ways. Now, it may not be the same thing. It may not be long, long, you know, dreary, you know, dreamy talks or something like that. I, I don't know. But I think men desire to feel that in certain ways as well. So one of the better answers to this question is: uh, uh, Have you read the five love languages yet? If not, I highly recommend that both you and your husbands, uh, whoever's listening out here to this, um, read those books. Um, that the, 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 this is such a big question that we're going to, we're going to squeeze this a little, a a little bit in terms of how to Corey and I handle this, but we need to make sure that we can give you tons of how we do it. And you go home and be like, man, this is crap advice because it's not y'all. Um, so get, get Gary Chapman's five love languages. Uh, it's a great book. It's cheap. You can get it on Kindle apps and whatnot for even cheaper. If you want to, if you don't mind doing the electronic copies of it, read that dad gum book, because that's the best way to figure out what each other's needing to get it to that point. So the, the question for me today is right here is, is do you feel that uh, love making equals more true intimacy? So does a husband need to, to make love before feeling intimate? Um, I think a lot of us are sold societally that we're supposed to, that yes, that, that's absolutely one uh, that we need to do. Um, I feel this is crap, personally. I, th- I think it's a societal push that sex is the ultimate level of intimacy. But do you, uh, do you feel like as a whole that's how men feel? Uh, I mean, do I feel like that's the way they're taught to feel? Yeah. Yeah, I sure do. I sure do. We're kind of pushed that like the ultimate, deepest level. I mean, remember, I mean, think about it. I mean, what was the analogy? What was the stupid analogy that we used in high school, right? Well, you know, you got your first base, second base, third base, and then home run, right? As though that's the ultimate capitulation of everything that is out there. And do I think that that is the deepest level of, of, of intimacy for men. No, I sure don't. I think we've been taught that. Uh, I do think there's a lot tied into this for men. And, and I don't think that what I'm moving into this next part here is, is that I think some of the, the investment that men have into sex is, is kind of the way it's supposed to be. Uh, it is a very deeply intimate thing. I, I mean, I, I'm, it's, it's, it's a very, <laughs> it's a big thing for both sides of the party here, but there's that, I mean, I, I think men do get a lot of their self-worth out of it. Yeah. And so, I think there is a lot that comes out of that. Uh, I, when we first got married, I was that way. I mean, for my mindset, I mean, you know, that was the deepest level we could get. And it's just, boom, baby, I got my thing. You know, I'm good, right? And, and the, the longer that I've been married to Corey and the more that she's become the personality that I have attenuated my personality to, the, the, the closer and the longer that we've adapted in, I've learned that there are other things that are deeply intimate. My question to flip that around for men who are sitting like, oh, this guy's full of crap is, I mean, let's just be honest. Let's just say we were in a horrible accident tomorrow, men. And let's just say that Twig and Berry's are gone. So are you telling me that <laughs> there is zero way for you to be intimate with your wife yeah. after that? And I would say, no, there is an element to a marriage that sex is kind of like, it, it, I mean, it's the yeast in your bread, man. It's what gets the things, boom, and gets the bread arising 
I, I totally am going pun with this and double entendre and it works. <laughs> but it, I mean, it, I mean, it's have all those parts though. Exactly. It, it's, yeah. it's, I mean, it's the, it's the enzyme, you know, that makes this stuff flow. But let me tell you something. There is something about being married to somebody that you see as your unequivocal. Nobody else out there is as close to my best friend as this person right here that is deeply satisfying and intimate. See, what happens is we've confused this word intimacy with synonymous with sex. Sex is intimate. However, intimacy is knowing something inside and out, left and right, up, down, better than anybody else out there. Intimacy is just that ability to connect with somebody else on a deeper level than maybe you do anywhere else. And so, do I think that men must have sex to be intimate? Absolutely not. Not at all. So let me summarize by saying this. Is it really freaking important for for men? Yes, absolutely, 100%. I think it's vital. It needs to be happening, and it's it's good. But I want to make sure that I'm clear about this. Not as a prescription, women. I'm not prescribing you certain amounts of sex for that. It, sex is one of those things that it needs to be both of us going to get our uh-huhs. Yeah. Not a, oh, oh, I guess I better, I better, I better do my duty. Um, that, that, <laughs> that's what breaks my heart out of this the most out of all of this is that, that, that I, I get, I get what you're saying and, and I understand why it's a struggle and it doesn't, it shouldn't, it should not be this way. Um, however, is it really flippant important for, for, for husbands? Yes. Is it vital, like the single, the singular thing that must be happening, period? N- no. It also, as a disclaimer before Corey jumps in here, too, we, y- y- y'all probably heard the baby in the background. So we're having to get our parent on right now. And uh, so one of the you babies know, we, was... We really try very, very hard to make this as professional and clean and, and child-free as possible. But the fact of the matter is we are parents of four kids. Yeah. And today's well, just going to be one of those days. We normally record much later in the yes. evening. Yes, so everybody's in a nice deep sleep. Yeah. And we, <laughs> truthfully, guys, and, and this is this is a piece of those nuggets, guys. If you really, if you really want to get to this point where we're as comfortable having sex and, and talking about sex as Corey and I are, I mean, listen here. This is one of the pieces of it. But we're recording as early as we possibly can because we got the house straightened up because we're going to go outside and sit out on the front porch and just visit with each other and talk. And so, anyway, there's there's another piece to this. Again, it goes yeah. back to that friendship piece. I mean, we, we in a lot of ways we are where we are because we we strategically as possible, you know, put these kinds of things in. So anyway, do you have anything to add to this part of it? I feel like well, I've been kind of I, yeah. I'm trying to read it. it. Says, do you feel that more lovemaking equals more true intimacy? And I, you know, I guess your 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 answer was no, and that lovemaking right. extraordinarily important. Important, apparently I'm from Boston. It's extraordinarily <laughs> important, but true intimacy is not lovemaking. There you go. That's a great way to put it. And if you guys notice, I really struggle with this question because yeah. it, there's a dichotomy here that fights against each other. Is it really freaking important to men? Most certainly it is. Is it the is it like more important than it should be for women? Absolutely not. I really that's why I struggle with this question yeah. so much is because I think women should be at this point where they're just like, oh my god, I'm ready to do this thing. I mean, it should be that way. But again, I think because we men we've lost the art of the female orgasm, 
that yeah. I mean, it's no wonder. I mean, if it's just, I'm sorry for the crudity here, but it's not even crude. But if it's just put it in and then just let, and then then you're done, and there's nothing to 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 put a cherry on top of this. I mean, no wonder. I mean, seriously. Yeah. And so, you know, this is a hard question for me to answer because in reality, I think that I think more women, if they experienced orgasms after every single time. <laughs> would be like, oh, heck, man, yeah. Yeah, this is freaking important. Yeah. This is great. Well, and don't, you know, before um, <laughs> Trey and I got married, and I think we've mentioned this before, we dated for two years, and we didn't have sex during that two years. We, we um, are a believer of the Christian Bible and the God of the Christian mm. Bible, and that was something that was very important to us. Um, now, my past, I'm sure we'll get this at some point in time, I had had sex before, so it wasn't, it wasn't like I didn't know what I was missing. Um, however... I, I believed at that time that a married couple who is truly happy should have sex every single night and desire it and mm. want it. And that, I mean, I, I stood by that. And people, I had friends that were married. I was 26 when I got married. So I had friends that were already married and had been married for a while and, and all that kind of stuff. And they looked at me with like, um, okay. I was like, no, that's how it should be. That's what a good marriage is. A good marriage is somebody who's having sex every night. And I can hear some of the guys listening out there going, oh, yeah. <laughs> but... <laughs> I found through maturity and time and getting to know my husband that sex can be so good that you don't have to have it every night. Do you agree with me on this one, Trey? Uh, Yeah, absolutely. I think it can. I know. (laughs) That was totally not convincing. No, I'm dead serious about this. Sorry. Okay. Well, I was thinking if I was going to say so. We've got a baby sitting in the recording studio with us right now. So if you hear a little stuff like that, it's not me in the background going or anything. That's a that's a, that's a baby. So I was afraid everybody's going to think that was me. But She's sitting in my arms. <laughs> but anyway, but yeah, absolutely. I believe that you can qual you can create a quality something that that, that yeah. creates less quantity. I mean, like we we started realizing that as we were beginning to eat better and more high quality foods and stuff that we pulled out of our garden and stuff that that wasn't processed like crazy we began to realize that we started consuming less of it because there was higher mineral content there was higher vitamin content in in what we were eating and the body wasn't craving so much but in processed foods where a lot of the minerals and the, and the the vitamins and those things that we need to to metabolize effectively because they were stripped out you have to absolutely engorge yourself just to get yourself to to a spot where you are feeling full. And so absolutely, I think sex can be the same way. I mean, my idea, well, I mean, guys, I'm about to get real graphic here, but I mean, I grew up, you know, as a young kid, whether you you see this as being right or not with masturbation. So I thought I had this idea of what it was. And so in my mind, I was like, oh man, I'm gonna have to have sex every single day. You know, this is what's going to have to take. But let me tell you, when you get into that good sex and you break the mold of what you think it's supposed to look like, I'm going to be a little honest about this. When you get this mentality that, that, that your bodies are each other and you are allowed to experiment both ways, you know, and that once you get past that, you can create a qualitative experience that blows your dadgum freaking socks off so much that, man, I'm telling you, I'm done. And the next day, I'm thinking about that, <laughs> not the next one. I'm going yeah. back in time like that. Yeah. Gun, that was yeah. some crazy stuff. That was great. And, I, guys, I'm not trying to be graphic. I'm not trying to make things uncomfortable here. But I'm talking about when you begin to learn every little spot that just tickles their fancy. I mean that metaphorically and literally in this case. When you begin to learn those things about each other, well, let me tell you, it can absolutely create a qualitative experience that it doesn't have to be all the time well and 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 i say all that in that it can also be the joy of of building up Mm -hmm. to that intimacy anticipation and and, i mean it's it's to me it's it's so often 
we've so just really disgusted the way that we look at sex between pornography yeah, and, I was about to bring that up. and magazines. And so we get this idea of porn star sex every night and it just, it's not like that. It's not fair for the women. It's, it's, it's unrealistic expectations for the men. And then we all come out feeling like failures in the end. Mm. And so a man, you can correct me if I'm wrong, honey, will need to do it more in order to feel more connected with a wife a wife will want to do it less because she feels less connected with him because she yeah, that's feels a good point, Corey. used like that's really good. A, a machine, you know, or yeah. you yeah. know, a blow yeah. up doll. So they want it less. The men need it more, and it's it's all because both of you are lacking. It's not just a husband fault. It's not just a wife fault. It is a collaborative. Mm-hmm. Effort fault. Yep, I, I don't agree. even know if that makes sense, but it does in my little mind. Doesn't matter. It works. And, and so, you know, this question goes, does a wife need to feel intimate before desiring to make love? I would have to say the answer is yes. Yeah, agreed. I, most definitely. The answer is yes. Now, once again, your intimacy is going to look very different from others, and, and we're going to fall back to the five love languages. Your intimacy, your form of intimacy, baby, physical touch. Good. A back yeah. rub, a foot rub, or whatever. It may be your husband coming home and cleaning the kitchen. And, you know, interestingly enough, over the years, um, I still love acts of service. Um, but I'm finding myself switching more. Uh, not yes. not even switching, but including quality time. Mm. I'm really getting to enjoy quality time. I even kind of miss the flowers Trey used to bring me when we first got married. I find myself kind of missing that a little bit. And that's the joy. You know, people say, oh, you've changed since we got married. Well, thank God. Thank God. Because if you haven't changed, then we've got bigger issues. And so, again, a wife does need to feel intimate before making love. And it is the husband's responsibility to find out through the wife telling him how he can achieve that intimacy. That's good. You know, it is I think- a two-way road. Well, I think that segues us into this next question. This next question is going to come out a little – how I'm going to answer it is going to come out a little bit harsh. No, maybe not harsh. It's not going to be the, the way to answer this that a lot of people are going to think. But the question was, how can a man learn other ways of building intimacy with his wife so that the lovemaking has a better chance of blossoming? Here's my answer to the listener. Don't worry about that. There are three things in life that, that, we, that Corey and I fundamentally believe that you cannot change. You cannot change the past. So we could invent a time machine, and then if you really read into the works of Albert Einstein and, and his, his theories of relativism, I mean, th- th- there's there's the likelihood that we couldn't change it, even if we did go back, right? So, t- you know, can't change the path. Uh, the second part is you can't change the way you're feeling right now in a moment. If you're angry at somebody, you can't just decide, I'm going to quit being angry. If you're scared or hurt or any of that kind of stuff, you can't just make in the whim of a decision. Now, over time, that can change, but it can't change the moment. And the third thing is you cannot change another person. You cannot change someone else. The only thing that you can do at this point is to work on yourself. And my encouragement is is focus on your end. Corey's going to give some practical applications on how to do that later in the show. <laughs> it may not even be this show, but in one of these shows, we're going to get to that. But I am going to go ahead and jump to men. And so this is not to the ladies what to tell your, <laughs> what to tell your men to go do. So yeah. This is to the men that are listening today. And let me and let me segue on that really, really quick. Yeah, go ahead. You cannot force your husband to change. Yes, that's correct. And I know we said this last one, and I'm going to say it again. Voluntarily, willfully change in front of his face, saying you need to listen to this is not going to yeah, bring not going to work more than likely results. 
it's not going to bring you good results. So what I mean the 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 hope that we can always have is is that people listen you know that maybe your husband will listen to this and hear oh man I want what they've got I love that she loves to have sex and how can we get to that you know there's that hope that they'll listen to this and do that but but Corey nailed it on the head you cannot you cannot force a person to drink this so how can a man learn other ways of building intimacy with his wife so that lovemaking has a better chance of blossoming first off the nature of this question is exactly right the idea that if we want to get our ladies wanting to have sex, you know, the the blossoming of this love that love making that we're talking about. We absolutely have to build intimacy with our wife. So the number one thing is we need to figure out what gets our wife going. Men, women don't do it the same way as us. They don't look at it and go, "Boring." It just doesn't work that way, guys. Okay? Listen, it's not the same. They're not visual in most cases. Most women don't look at a hunky body and then all the start <laughs> Am I allowed to say this? I don't even know if I'm allowed to what say are you this. What you saying? We're going to pause and ask about this real quick. Okay, we got. I got it cleared. So women don't just look at a hunky men's, a men's body and then all of a sudden get aroused. It just doesn't work that way for most women. Guys, you got to understand that women connect with that stuff. Sex absolutely is hinged to other things that speak their language. Most of them for women are relational. <laughs> I'm sorry, it is, guys. And I know a lot of men are like, oh, God, relationship stuff. I understand. Sometimes it takes a lot of extra work for true. our little brains to make it work. But it's true. Guys, I'm trying to get you laid. Do you hear me? I'm trying to get you to what you <laughs> want to get there. To do that, you got to understand that most women are relational. They do not work on the visual component. They don't just, you know, see us walk by in our hunky bodies. Well, okay, or the not-so-hunky body well, in my case. And then go, ooh, let's get this on. There's other things that do it. I'm going to tell you guys what works for me with my wife. She mentioned a minute ago that she's an active service. Again, I'm going to repitch this. We're not trying to sell a book, guys. No, we're making Go freaking this. read this book. Five Love Language. Go buy it at your bookstore just so you understand this isn't about us making money on this. Go yeah, read this no, book it's... together. Men, go read it. Figure out what your dadgum wife is and then start doing those things that she likes, those things that speak her language. For Corey, she's an acts of service. You know what gets me laid? Dishes. We talk about this a lot, doing dishes, going and doing and picking up around the house, helping to divvy out yeah. tasks with her. Him you know, coming home going, what, what can, can I, I do? Yes. Oh. Let me tell yes. you, that's my gateway to a good evening right there. What can I do? What do you need help with? What, what do you want it, me to work on? To mean it, not just to have hollow words, but to walk in and go. I mean, like we talked about last week, you, nobody ever wants to do the dishes. But it's that knowing that I'm coming in and truly asking, what can I do to help? You know, Corey's bringing up a good point here. Remember, we talk about women are often more relational men. Remember, it's not about doing jobs. It's not about coming in and saying, what job do I need to do to get laid? Remember, it is about an unequivocal care and love for the things that are important to my wife. I'm not a big whoopee-doo when it comes to things like dishes or clean houses. Maybe I am. Corey, you have so changed me because I am now. Crap. <laughs> it's nice. Our house is it clean. It is. It looks it's amazing. nice. But it, it, it very much, it's not about coming home and doing the job to get your job done, right? It's about caring about my wife so much that I'm willing to do those things that are important to her. It's also doing things like grabbing all the kids on, like on Wednesday. We do yes. church stuff. I take all the kids and I, tell, I say, Corey, I'm taking all the kids. Do whatever you want. You can clean house. You can go watch a movie. I don't care. This time is yours. I don't do that because she's earned a little bit of time. I do that because I want her to know that the work that she does is invaluable. It is hard. And in most cases, it's harder than what I do at work because at least I get a break from my work. And I come home and I get weekends. And so 
I do those little acts of services to her that help her out. Another one of those things that I'm slowly, 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 slowly starting to figure out is my, my wife likes little acts of services like surprises. See, I grew up in a household that we didn't like surprises. We don't care about surprises. I don't like surprises. I don't like getting surprise birthday parties. I don't like getting surprise presents. Give me cash, buy, ask me what I want, and then buy it for me. That's what I always like. But my wife likes surprises. You see, that's an act of service. Yes, yes, that's going and doing something, setting up and getting reservations at some place. You see, I know what makes my wife tick. And so that's the number one question, men. How do we do things so we can get it to where our love making has a better possibility of succeeding at the end of the day? you got to figure out your wife. Number two. This one's going to be a little more awkward. Men, we've got to rediscover the art of the orgasm. We're not going to get into that today because I don't think most people are ready for that level of of discussion here. But we have got to understand, first off, women can orgasm every dadgummed time. Doesn't mean they always want to, but they can when they want to. And I'm telling you, the more that you reinforce this, the more that this goes home, the more that, that, that a lady orgasms, the more she wants to have sex. So men... Get wise. Go look some stuff up. I'm not. Don't go look at porn. <laughs> this is this is not your free ticket to go look at porn. Number one, guys. The reason why we dis, we discourage porn. I know some of you guys out there aren't Christian listeners. The reason why we discourage porn. Corey nailed it a minute ago when she said that there's the anticipation, and that that anticipation is powerful. And a lot of times, what pornography does. So a lot of Christians say, "Oh yeah, pornography is bad because we believe it's not you know Christian." But for those that aren't, the reason why we say pornography is poor is because it begins to eliminate and or reduce the anticipation because you're getting it fed through another avenue that is not your wife. So that's why we advocate no, no on the porno. God, guys. that's just one of eight million reasons yeah. as to why it's so devastating. Yeah. So that's why we recommend that because it can tear that up. Okay. So go do some research. How do we get a woman to orgasm? It's out there, guys. I had to learn. I had no idea. Trust me, I knew how to orgasm myself. I, I mean, there's tons of stuff out there that teaches how to get to that with a man <laughs> between TV and movies and shows and all that other junk. I still think about American Pie. Maybe I shouldn't have watched that movie, but I remember the movie American Pie. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> Sorry, guys. I'm trying to bring that up. But there's lots of stuff out there. But seriously, how many things are there out there that talk about bringing a woman to orgasm? I don't know. I'm going to leave it at that. Corey, do you have anything to add in this? I feel like I'm dominating the conversation. Well, today. I mean, the, the you are, but the reason is, is this is a question from a woman that has a lot to do with her husband. Oh, that's right. You're and, right. And again, the change has got to start with you. You cannot force your spouse, husband or wife, to change. But you can change yourself. And 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 we'll go more into that later And. And anyways, I, I'm trying to think. Let's see. We're we're at 30 minutes. Do we want to go into this next? Yes. Okay. I, I am desperate I, to have I, you answer you this know, next question. I, I agree. Let me read it. I've asked two pastor's wives that I used to be in communication with about this, and they said they got to a place where they never refused their husbands. Never. Even if they were dead tired or had just given birth or were sick. Mm-hmm. Even when it caused tears or pain or resentment or bitterness. They had the fake it till you make it motto. Is this right? Let me, you know, the best way I know the answer to this is no, <laughs> this is not right. Mm-mm. I mean, this is like borderline abuse. And I we, mean, uh, not to sound dramatic, but I mean, seriously, seriously. I see you shaking your head over there. What no, I am head? nodding in emphatic agreement. Well, right. I see you, see you shaking your head. Yes. Uh, the, you know, <sighs> <laughs> shake your head. Yes. Can you, well, 
Yes. <laughs> anyway, he wasn't over there saying no as I was saying this is wrong. Anyways, the the thought behind this model, and I've heard people say this before, you know, there's always that desire to please our husband for those of us in a fairly healthy marriage. We have that desire to please our husband, but our husbands should also know when it is not a good time to be pleased, maybe, is the best way to answer that. And, I mean, there's always a desire to never turn your husband down. And I try my hardest to never turn Trey down. And I think it happens, what, maybe once every six Year? months? I mean, it just, in fact, he turns me down. I mean, you know, and and so this idea. <laughs> a group of men out there just went, <gasps> It's true. It's true. He 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 does. And so this idea of fake it till you make it is just almost horrifying to me. So I, it just, I get kind of worked up about it. Like I said, I've heard this before and it more than anything, it just makes me sad because it makes me sad that a wife would even feel like that is what they need to do. And it makes me sad that a husband would do it. You know, we want to be real careful with this one, too, because, you know, we're not trying to denigrate the character uh, of the individuals who have given this advice before. Uh, we wholeheartedly disagree with it, and we feel like it is something that is being pilfered that is so inaccurate and so inconsistent to what God desires for us. Yeah. Or even if you don't believe in God, what is natural for our bodies, we believe it is so far against it. But, and we firmly believe that these ladies are, are doing and giving advice based off the very yes. best experiences they have, yes. the best knowledge that they have. And, and really, I think the women that are doing this are really doing this out of a heart to yes. be servants to, to their, their husbands. To the husbands right. And so, I mean, I, I commend them for that. I really do. Absolutely. But, and, and I'm sorry if I cut you off, babe. I, no, you know, I, I really do commend them for that. And, and, and you're right, Trey, I, I tend to kind of, you know, come out, you know, what is it? You're nails right. And teeth or claws. You're right though. I mean, the but fact it, of the matter is it's crap advice. It, it is crap advice. And, and once again, I know the women that are given this advice are doing the best they know how with the knowledge that they have and their knowledge is sex sucks, but God said we have to be submissive to our husbands. And this is part of marriage is sex. And ultimately above all of that, whether you believe in any of that or not, it just makes me sad. That these women despise sex so much that they're willing just to be their husband's playthings to reach orgasm and then be done. I mean, it's just, I mean, what a bummer. And this is two-side coin. I mean, it, it, break, it literally breaks my heart to read this. But because on the flip side of that, I also know that there are men out there that, that just... I mean, they don't know how to get the women going. Yeah. And I'm not saying that to make fun. I'm not saying that to be hurtful or mean or vindictive or spiteful. I'm saying that because it's possible for every single married you know, couple out there. But so many men are seeing it as the purpose of sex is to, dr to drop my load and be done with it. Yeah. No! Well, and, and, let me, and let me go into it with this. Is there times where Trey is more excited about having sex than I am? Absolutely. Absolutely. I do not want y'all to get this idea that every time that we have sex, we're both like, yeah. I mean, there are times when I'm okay, like, Okay, afterwards, babe. yes. Or right at the exactly. end, yes. But and not so, at the start. And so, and let me go into that. 
there are times where I'm not excited about it. Not because it's not good, but maybe I am tired. Maybe I do have a headache. Maybe it's been a long day. I mean, maybe the I saw aliens in the sky and I'm disoriented. I don't know. There's always a reason and they always seem like good ones. However, the point of that is, is that my husband is so focused on not only making this a pleasurable experience for himself, but even more so yes, making it a pleasurable experience mm-hmm. for me that I've never had sex and go, man, I really regretted doing that. I mean, what she's saying never. is, is I have made it my life goal. How long have we been married? Like married, married, not just known each other, but married, married eight and a half years, eight and a half years. I have made the last eight and a half years. My goal was to know exactly what starts my wife's yeah. engine. I mean, I'm not trying to be funny in this case. I have made it my life goal to know exactly what starts her, what gets her going, yeah. and I mean that. I, I mean that emotionally and mentally. I mean, like we talked about, sex begins in the kitchen mentality that yeah. we've talked about on here a lot. But also knowing physically what gets her going. I mean, I've seen that look in her face. Hey, you want you know? Let's let's get this moving. I've seen the yeah. meh face in before. I get it, but I know where to go. And we also, I mean, also, to be quite blunt and honest, we have done quickies. That's okay. Oh, yeah. It oh, yeah. really, really is. It's. I mean, there are just times where I, I know that somehow, physiologically, a male, a, 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 that was a combination of male and man, a Mailin. Mailin. <laughs> a man's orgasm has a much more emotional reaction and release in a woman's does. And, and I know that there are just times that that just needs to occur and it just needs to be, sorry, honey, a two minute deal. And yeah, I ain't complaining. <laughs> and that's okay. It is not a big deal. I mean, it never causes me pain or harm. And if anything, it makes for a very, very happy husband. And then he always makes sure to make up for that later. <laughs> and and so it's 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 I never feel taken advantage of. Yeah. I never feel used. It never makes me angry. It's just like, oh, babe, you bet. Come on, let's just go. Let's just, you know, real quick, you know, whatever. I mean, you know how it is with kids. You just kind of take it when you can sometimes. And so, and then there's times where a quickie turns into a <laughs> holy crap, yeah, for the both of us. And so it's just, it's the idea. I, I, and I say this carefully. I do think a lot of times men have the desire for sex more often. I just think that's true. Yeah, there's a like you said, it's there's a just, direct connection between higher testosterone, lower estrogen, yes. especially in men's younger life. Yes. However, that when a, when a man is focused on making his wife's sex life as enjoyable as his, that's exactly what it becomes. You know, we talk about that regularly. Even the emotional component of of, of of effective marriages, we talk about it in the sense that if you can make your sole goal between the two people in the marriage, if you can make it your sole goals to serve and love and to take care of that other person and to give them those things that they like and love and want and desire, if you can do that to each other, you will blow your socks off yeah. emotionally. What we're now saying is you take that exact same mentality and you stick it in sex. When you've got two people that are doing every yeah. flipping thing they can to get that other person to get their jollies off, and when you are caught in that moment of trying to get that other person, let me tell you, 
It unlocks something that will blow your head off because it is that amazing on both sides of the fence, the males and the female side, because each of you is desperately, I mean, we're talking passion. You want to talk about passion, passionately craving to get that other person to where you know they want to be. It's intense. It is intense. Yeah. Well, let's go ahead and wrap it up on that question today, and, and we'll be able to finish this next week. Absolutely. Yeah, we'll see. (laughs) No, I really think we will. Agreed. Um, Again, like we mentioned last week, you have any questions about this? Maybe it's one you don't want answered on air. Um, We will respond to you. Yeah, we're Uh, passionate about this. Yes. So shoot us an email, Corey at themarriagepodcast.com or Trey at themarriagepodcast.com. You can also leave us a a voicemail. Isn't that right, Trey? That's correct. Anyways, uh, leave us a voicemail, and, and uh, I mean, you don't have to reveal names or locations or any of that, and we're not going to track you down. Um, we love answering these questions. Um, go like us on Facebook. It's a great place for us to connect. I try to throw up a funny cartoon or a, a, a question. A que- yes, a meme, or a, maybe a thought-provoking question every now and then. But uh, other than that, that's all we have for this week. All right, guys, we'll see you guys next week.